You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Well, well, well. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, it's your favorite GS members are the three of them. We've got the gold-blooded King Daniel Hardy. We've got Dr. Tommy B. And we've got the godfather himself, Nate P., in the place to be. How you fellas doing? Oh, fantastic. Oh, amazing, man. Never been better. Did, did something happen? Did, you, did something happen last night that made you guys feel, you know? Oh, I can't remember. I remember it was uh, it was uh, this team that thought they were really good from Houston, Houston Rockets, who said they had the formula and they were eliminated by the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions for the the fourth time in in five years. It's insane. Fourth time in five years. Imagine talking shit after you beat someone lost four times in five years. That's crazy. It's crazy. To, to, to get us started, I would like to offer up uh, the words of one uh, Stromile Swiss, I mean, Clint Capella, wow. Uh, wow. who said in uh, on January 1st, 2018, quote, we're confident because we know if we're doing what we're supposed to do, we're going to beat them. Referring to the Warriors. We've got to keep playing. We know that they're going to come back if we have the lead, and we just have got to keep that mindset. Sometimes I feel like in the past we were all dragging down after mistakes, but today we were ready. I think that if we're doing what we're supposed to do on defense, uh, all switches the weak side and keep playing our offense by keeping the mentality all game long, we have the weapons to beat them. We wow. are better than them. Clint, Clint Capella, Capella said, so, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned his name because I forgot he was on the court during the series. <laughs> so, you know. You know, the, the great thing about the Rockets is that they're actually a really good team. I mean, they got the rest of the league shook and uh, they're the they're computer formula formulated by NASA and Daryl Morey. Um, it, it's pretty simple. Just shoot as many threes as you can. If you can't get a three. You know, go for a layup, and if you can't get a layup, just flop <laughs> and get, get some free throws. And quite frankly, when they are like not exhausted, they're really good at it. Like seriously, like if you look at the margins for our games, each one was down to the wire because it's it's actually a pretty crazy good strategy if you think about it. But I don't think the computer calculates for two things: exhaustion and willpower. Because they say fatigue makes cowards of us all. The Warriors were clearly just running them back and forth, daring them to shoot these tough, tough jumpers. As we know, the first thing that, that goes when you're tired is your legs. So now you're going to shoot from 30 feet on dead legs? I just don't see it working, you know, after two quarters. If the basketball game was two quarters, though, the Houston Rockets would for sure be too champions. bad it's not. But be- before we get into, like, too much, <laughs> like, too deep in slander, I just want to make sure we're, we're, we're fair and balanced. Um. Can can you guys each say one positive thing about the Rockets? They're done. <laughs> <laughs> is that a positive for you, or is that a positive for them? <laughs> it's a positive for me. I think that's very positive. I don't. I'm tired of wa- watching flopping and threes, but it's not good for the children. 
They get to start their summer vacation. They get to go fishing. <laughs> that is true. One good thing about the Rockets. Just to show we're not biased and that we're being fair, because James Harden did demand fairness. That's what he wanted. We got to give him a he fair chance. He wanted a fair chance. I just want to make sure we give him a fair chance. They really have excellent defense. Yeah. They, I mean, they were they were hounding, you know, Steph this whole series uh, in those games. They were just flying at him, and it's why he didn't – the averages uh, weren't as good. They really – you know, you think, and I think I made a joke about it. Mike D'Antoni defense can be uh, used to be pretty lapsed, but they've they're they're yeah. they're pretty tough. I, I I mean, I enjoy watching PJ Tucker. I th- I'm surprised you didn't say that. I, I PJ Tucker. I'm shocked. I am shocked right now. I'm just I'm giving you all I'm giving you I want to give you all a chance to you know to to say your say your piece. For but all yeah, those who no. don't know, Dr. Tom and PJ Tucker share an alma mater, I believe it's the University of Texas. Hook'em. Damn straight. Hook'em horns. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean PJ Tucker was PJ Tucker who dragged I was I was t- telling the 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 king over there that uh, I was trying to see if Steph gave him the post game hug uh, after game six because that's a guy that I would like to see on the Warriors. He would he could bring a lot. I mean, he'll right. bring a lot to any team, but also because I'm sick of having yeah. to play against him because he makes right. it tough. Not tough enough. Not to, oh, we're, we're staying positive before we get deep into slander. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I mean, I think that's three positive things. I just, I, I think they're a good team. I just want to acknowledge before because the slander is going to get, is going to get bad. So I just want to make sure people, you know, we can, we can be reasonable people. We, we can acknowledge Absolutely. that. And James Harden, James Harden is a real weapon offensively. That dude gets buckets. I don't know what sport he's playing, but he seems to be a real weapon. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. So when when KD went down, when when KD went down, what was the first thought that went in your head? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I mean, the first thought was, uh, my first thought was, oh my god, that's an Achilles injury. And it it wasn't even necessarily about the team's chances. It was like that. I mean, we've all seen what what Cousins had to go through this year. It's like that's just a devastating energy injury for someone who's a seven footer whose whole game is about mobility. And I was like, that is horrible. And so I I think I was stuck there for like, man, probably until they said it was a calf strain. I was I was sitting there on this just could ruin this man's career. And I, no, I didn't right. really get past that. Yeah, it, it was, there was like a uh, n- almost a nausea that set over me because it was something like that, where it's like, oh no, this is something that yeah, it could be an Achilles, which would just you know that yeah, this could alter his career in ways we certainly can't even fathom, and not to mention what it would do for. The, the Warriors and how it would affect their title chances. But yeah, it was, it was just that it was like, we might've just seen this on this pretty innocuous little play that something that could just be the seismic rift. But I guess it was just this, like this, this hollow nausea that set over me. Um, and then, yeah, like it led up a little bit when it was the, the calf injury. And it was like, okay, this, this might not be the end of the world. He, he should be able to come back from this, but 
Yeah, it was that. It was it. It was it was it was a scary moment. I felt like like it was Steph's fault, and I know it sounds crazy, but if you recall at the time, we were up twenty, and we were like, you know, trying to finish them in in two quarters, mm-hmm. and we were missing a bunch of threes, mm-hmm. and Steph Curry couldn't buy a jumper or keep the ball in his hands. He was throwing the ball away, missing layups, and then Kevin Durant's like, oh snap, the lead's gone. Give the ball to me. I'm taking over before I got you. And then his leg blows out. I was like, Steph, like, bro, like you just, you just sacrificed this man's entire leg because you were playing like trash. And I was like, oh no, the narrative is going to be if only Steph Curry wasn't playing like trash, we could have preserved Kevin Durant's body. So my my first thought was, yo, Steph, if you don't take over and win this game, Twitter's going to murder you forever. That's interesting. You know, I I didn't get to the point of like. Because we, we, t- we talked about this on Slack, actually. We, we talked about how, like, the, in the second quarter, they, they were just like, it was like street ball. It was, it was yeah. like straight, like, just running gun, just like tossing up stuff just to see it goes, if it goes in, like, hey, yo, dog, let me see if I can do this real quick. And it was like, <laughs> right, what, are you, right, right. what are y'all doing? <laughs> and, you know, it, it was like, it was like 22 or so, and then it went down to 14 by halftime. And I did, I definitely thought, like, after I kind of got over the idea that he might, that he would have an Achilles injury. I did think like, wow, if they had just put this game away, and right. like KD wouldn't even have to be out there, right? And it wouldn't right. matter. Uh, but after that, I think I just started thinking like, they they have the fourth quarter, they just got to win a quarter. That, that's just what I kept thinking. Like if we, if they can just get to the fourth quarter close, they just got to win a quarter. And I, I think after that, um, you know, Steph did what he did and it was pretty easy. But then I was honestly, I, I was kind of easy. <laughs> See, man, you, you always <laughs> the arrogance, the arrogance. Daniel, Daniel, is it is it arrogant if it's true? No, absolutely not. No, okay, that's all I'm saying. You know, I, I that is correct. You know, it was, it was what it was, and I, I think um, I I did think that we were going to go seven games. Like I figured the game six would be, you know, close, and I would hope they could win. But I I was kind of like I had my mind set on a seventh game, right? Because I was just like you know. The Rockets aren't really going to lay down at home without Kevin Durant <laughs> and DeMarcus Cousins. And just because we're on who we're missing, because that's what we do. That's how we judge teams in this series. We, we're also without Damian Jones. We're out we're without Damian Jones. Well, Damian Jones. Pat McCall didn't show up this year. We were without <laughs> Pat McCall. So I, I'm saying, like, we were missing people. We're missing people who I care, we were, who I've grown to care about. <laughs> grown to and, care about. <laughs> and... And we're gonna go into Game Six and just win. I was like, no, that's, that's not gonna happen. So, and, and so you know, to, to take it back to the, the, the point when Katie got hurt, we go sure. through the uh, in the three quarters, tied. I think it's seventy four to yeah. seventy two all. And now it's twelve minutes, race to the finish. Now, um, what were you expecting James Harden to do at that point? And did he meet, exceed, or fall below your expectations? In Game Five, I mean, I was I was expecting him to do to do more but not have it succeed and instead he just didn't do anything um i you know i was ex- i was expecting him to be taking all you know all kinds of shots to be thinking oh here you know here's our chance they're they're without their one of their best players we'll leave it up to whomever's listening to decide who is actually the best but um uh yeah i thought he would kind of he would be pressing and it wouldn't work but instead they just they couldn't get it to him or they went away from him or whatever and that that did surprise me a little bit 
We did trap the mess out of him. I do remember that. Yeah. We would definitely give him the hellacious trap as soon as he crossed over half court. Yeah, I, I pretty much what Tom said. I, I don't, you know, I think, I, I think I, I was, I was kind of, I was so caught off guard by what happened to KD. Like, I don't, I don't even know what I expected, really. I just kind of, I just, I was kind of just like, <laughs> almost like in coach mode, like, okay, let's get to the fourth quarter, man, and we'll get there. You know, <laughs> once we do that, we'll break it up into small chunks and we'll try to win each minute of the game. I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. So, I don't know. I, I just didn't want to lose this team. And I knew that winning game five would be essential. Like, I, we had to win that game in order to do yeah. anything else. And so, like, I don't know. Well, that's what I thought was funny because knowing that how high the stakes were, if we lose that game and go into game six down 3-2 without KD, without Cousins and Damian Jones, then we're in a, in a rough spot, obviously. But I was surprised at how the Rockets seemed like they were on their heels the minute Steph Curry activated. Like the second he decided, no, no, I'm running like it's 2016 on the point, high screen and roll, let's do this. How me, they were like, uh-oh, like – so now if we try to run the switching defense, he's not just catching the ball, passing it, and jogging around. He's, like, dribbling and giving you the one, two, three crossover moves. Oh, snap, he's being guarded by Austin Rivers. Oh, my God, he's a two-time MVP. Oh, my God. And it was like, wait a minute, you guys didn't have a plan for this? Oh, wait, maybe there is no plan for it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I think that happens. Um, you know, I think you in on all sports, you, you kind of go in with a game plan and – and I think this is people have said this about D'Antoni, and I, I think there's some truth to it. Like he's particularly rigid with his game plan. Like it's not going to change that much within the game. He said and rigid. Said, he said rigid. When you when you say rigid, that implies that he's open to other options. I don't think he's any other options. <laughs> That's okay. what he does. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so I'm saying rigid just to be generous, but let's 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 just go with that. So, basic. So, he's basic. Stop. Stop. I did not say that. I did not say that. (laughs) Okay. So I I think so. And I think once you go on the game plan and something changes, I I think it's, it's common in sports. Like you see backup quarterbacks win a game when they're put in the middle middle of a game of football, because it just throws off the defense's game plan. I think, I think basketball is similar sometimes, especially in this case, when the Warriors just played a little bit differently once KD went out and Steph was the focal point. I think for whatever reason, because it's bizarre to say that you wouldn't expect Steph to be the focal point. I did, it looked like Houston just wasn't ready for it. And right. and you're right. They just didn't have a, a counter, and he just went off. I, I also think, like, um, I also think the the Warriors turned up their defense, defensive intensity. And I, I don't know what it is, like, because uh, I don't know what I don't know what game it was. Maybe, maybe we were watching a game with, uh, with Dubby one time, but I think – you know, there sometimes the rotations are just well, during the regular season were just awful. They they were right. making like JV mistakes, and it was like, what is wrong with them? But when they lock in and they have a, they're motivated, like that team can be the best defensive team in the league easily when they right. when they choose to. And with Looney in there as well, I mean, Looney Looney's just a little bit more mobile than some of their other big guys, and I think it just kind of came together in a Wait, way that Houston more just wasn't. Than ready. Clint Capella? What's that? More mobile than Clint Capella? We, we're not there yet, man. We still have our own team. We, can try, we gotta establish the framework with which we're going to slander the Rockets. Looney is a key part of my framework for okay. destroying Clint Capella. I, I just I I see no reason we should speak his name as an elite anything right now. 
If we're going to talk about big men who don't do anything on the court, we could talk about, you know, Kareem. Wow. He's not on the court anymore. Wow. Just like Clint. Oh, wow. Like I said, we're still on game five, man. Let's let's go through our progressions. <laughs> right. So um, game five ends, and it's like, oh, wow, hey, the Rockets may have lost the battle, but they are on pace to win the war um, with Kevin Durant done. And... Um, Oh, wait a minute. That, then if they won, it would be invalid. They should just give it up because it wouldn't count because they're injured, right? Or our player is injured. Isn't that no, how it works? That sounds like some real right? Houstonian logic. <laughs> Let's also not forget that it's also Cleveland logic from 2015. This is always oh, the logic right. used against us. And the Spurs. And the Spurs, the Spurs everyone's logic is we were injured. We couldn't beat them. But if but – if, if the worst had happened and somehow uh, that flopping ancient point guard, I mean, Chris Paul uh, and uh, James uh, Harden, if they had pulled it out, we would have heard the end of it. Oh, you got to get over your injuries. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, but luckily we don't have to deal with well, that. Well, there is a strange sense that people are looking for the Warriors to finally get their comeuppance. And um, was. What, what cracks me up about that is that having, having seen the team come together organically, and when I say organically, I mean like every contract is legal and they didn't cheat in the draft and no one's using steroids. Everything is up, you know, up and up. They signed Kevin Durant legally to a contract and paid him American dollars. There's no craziness going on there, so you can't really hate. Stop um, the Russians. So, you know, there's no, there's no interference here. <laughs> Just good old basketball moves, you know. <laughs> Shout out to Bob Myers and Joe Lacob. And so you put this team together, and year after year, you're, you're kind of tweaking it and adding things to stay ahead of everybody. And you basically build upon that, that foundation that was pretty much there um, when we had, had Mark Jackson. You know, we had Steph and Clay and Draymond. And you build on that to the point that now you have Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and KD, and DeMarcus Cousins, and Looney, all, all those guys here. So now when we lose Kate, sorry, we lose Katie, when we lose DeMarcus Cousins, and people weren't sure where to go because they were like, oh, that, that, that Steph, Clay, and Draymond team, they were fraudulent because they lost 3-1. But then when they were playing the Rockets, people were like, well, they did win 73 games. So they were like stuck in between, like, are these guys frauds or are they a 73-win team? And so... When you see uh, uh, Vegas make the Warriors well, a seven-point underdog going into Houston, I think people are like, um, so technically the Rockets are supposed to win this, but then again, they're technically going up against a 73-win core, so they didn't know where the game should go. And I think that was that was especially cruel for Rockets fans because it was like, you got beat by the same guys, maybe a worse version of the 2015 team. Maybe. It's definitely a worse version. You just you just take you just take Durant out, but you have no Barnes, you have no Barbosa, you have no Ian Clark. Let's, not, let's go respect Ian, Ian Clark. Clark. Mo, Mo, Mo buckets. Mo, you Mo take buckets. out Cousins, but you don't have buckets. You don't. I mean, come on. I, be rush. Be rush. And you have, and you have uh, you know less mileage on Andrew Bogut and Andre Iguodala. Oh, Bogut Sean looks like too. he's found the fountain of youth a little bit. What he what, like? So I don't know, but. It must, it must be in Australia. I, Chris Paul is going to be booking <laughs> his ticket there momentarily. But you know, it's like, there's no question that what they played with in Game Six was inferior to what they played with in 2015. Like, no question. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. But this is why I said, like, I've been on a high for, like, 24 hours. <laughs> like, it's just like, come on, uh, this is amazing. Like, I... I... <laughs> I was so happy when they beat. I've never been so happy, and this is another topic of conversation. I'm realizing that I've never been so happy about a Warriors playoff win. <laughs> that is bizarre <laughs> to me because it's, there's so much hate wrapped in that. And I've been watching. You know, last weekend was May the fourth, and so I was you know watching a bunch of Star Wars. I'm still going through Star Wars, and like you know, like I feel like the hate is flowing through me right now, wow. and, and that's increasing my pleasure, and that's that's really troubling. That's really troubling. It's not good well, for my own mental health. Right. You know? And, and what happened in that, you know, the, this series and in game six, uh, it it invalidated so many, uh, like, and this is sort of what you both were talking about, about so many of the things people like to say about this team. And so I will refer to you to the uh, Daniel Hardy, the gold-blooded Kings, wonderful piece on Golden State of Mind about the five myths that can be very succinctly debunked as a result of this win. And that's why I think I, I understand that feeling, too, because it it's not just about moving on in this postseason and getting done with this team and just the, the players who are on it, but it sort of answers or it you know, responds to so many of the questions and the issues, quote unquote, issues that people had with this team. Like it fires a shot at all those talking points. And I think that that's part of why I, the same way it was, it was a, like, I was surprised how fired up I was after this, after this, after this win. But I think it's because it sort of reverberates. What was your favorite part of the game six victory? Oh man. You know, it's so funny. The funny part to me is that it's it's a part it's a moment that's gotten better after it's happened, and that was when um, James Harden threw that inbounds pass. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I like what Africa said on Twitter. He said that maybe there really is a ghost falling around, falling Chris Paul around, and so that's why he flops around. It looks like that dude was just shot though. <laughs> and then we got we got the steal, and and Chris Paul flops into the sideline. And we get the ball back. And I wanted a three right there. I, I just want him to pop the three right there, and he didn't. Right there? Right there. I just want him to pull up, take the steal, just pop it right there. Just, But I, I was, like, jumping up and down. Like, it was like when all this was happening, like, the Rockets were just unraveling. Like, when we talk about, like, mental toughness and, like, whether or not they have it mentally to beat the Warriors, like, that last two – there was, like, a two-minute stretch there um, near the end where they just completely unraveled. And it just looked like they were resigned to the fact that they were going to lose. And then they decided like under a minute, like, okay, there's still time. It's still not too far away. So let's try a little harder. But man, that, that moment was amazing. It was just like chaotic. They were falling apart. The entire <laughs> momentum was on our side. And uh, I was, I was going nuts. Like, and I've rewatched it and it's better. Like just rewatch it. It's better <laughs> if you rewatch it. Like, it's amazing. It's kind of like Rogue One. I feel that way too about Rogue One. It is better the second and third time and fourth time I watch it. 
I just rewatched uh, Darth Vader murdering everybody at the end. But that, yes. <laughs> that's what it was like, though. Except we were multiple Darth Vaders, and they were just like peon ass stormtroopers, and it was like, "There's nothing you're going to do to stop us right now." Yet you keep coming out and trying to fire on us. What are you doing? Right, and right, right. It was great. Oh, what about you, Tom? I think there was this, what it was, I don't remember when it was exactly in the game. It was the fourth quarter, a few minutes ago, but Steph hit a sort of fadeaway three-pointer. And I think then the the beloved tuck wagon was covering him and he just hits it. And that's when I'm just like, oh, they're going to win this. Like they, or or maybe even more like they've got this. Um, I, you know, it was, I alternated going into the game between feeling this supreme sort of confidence, but also the realization that being down Durant is going to make it really tough. Uh, But it was, but so there is this tension and this back and forth. And it was like, well, the Warriors weren't playing great, but they, it was tied at halftime. It was, you know, they, the Rockets were, it was a close game and it shouldn't have been uh, just because of the, you know, not having Durant out there. Uh, and, but then I just remember that and just being like, they're, they're going to do this. They're going to win this game. And they have really, the, they should have had no business winning that game because if the Rockets, if they were as good as Clint Capella and Daryl Morey and their owner, and they all say they are, they should have, at least in this game and probably in game seven too, if you are playing a team that is down two of its starting five and those two starting five players are, you know, all-star level uh, and, you know, one of them just happens to be one of the best players in the world, like that, you, you have to, you win those games. I don't care. Like it's, I said this about last year uh, with the Rockets, they got up big in those games six and seven and they didn't hold the lead. That's on you. You have to hold. I don't care that you were down your rapidly aging point guard. You have to hold that lead. And it's like this too. You're playing against a team that's that is missing quite a few players. You and you're right. at home. You have to win that <laughs> we, game. We haven't, we haven't even gotten to that point that they were at home. <laughs> like just cherry on top. I mean, which actually, um, I, I've been kind of batting this three around with you guys in the Slack, but. I kind of want to share it with the world now. Um, so you know how recently, like, when the Warriors became, like, the super villains, you know what I mean? Where it was like, oh, they have Katie now, and you're not going to beat them. But there was kind of a slippage at Oracle Arena. And I, I used to always wonder why they, they say, oh, we love playing on the road. We love playing on the road. We love playing on the road. And they have the best world record in the NBA this year, despite their, okay, you know, pretty good home record. Um, and so I, I was, like, watching the game. And I realized that there's a pace, like like level of vibration that the Warriors stay at, where they're just like constantly running, constantly pushing it, constantly going at you, constantly. And sometimes they'll end up with a stupid turnover. Now I'm having a heat check moment. But most times they're going, they're running their offense, they're saying screens, they're moving, they're moving, they're moving. And they're forcing you to adopt that pace. Now we know the Rockets played a pretty slow pace. Um, uh, I think in the bottom uh, third of the league, as far as pace goes, they prefer to be more methodical. And I can understand why when you see, you know, James Harden with the dad bod and Chris Paul, you know, 45 years old. You know, I, I get it. I mean, pretty much everybody on their team is built like a Ninja Turtle. So I get it. You can't just run up all day. I feel you. So the problem with that is they get this competitive fervor with the Warriors and they're going back and forth. And they want to shoot shot for shot with the Warriors. And they shoot threes. So they want to get in this contest. Last year, they were up big game six, game seven at the half. 
Then what happened? The Warriors wolfed them down. This year, game five, they fought all the way to come back, falter at the end. Game six, they fight, 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 falter at the end. What, I, what, what, what people are thinking is like this uh, disinterested James Harden. I think they're exhausted. I think the Warriors have truly rope-a-doped them and figured them out. If we can run these guys because D'Antoni isn't going to have a long bench, we can exhaust them. So when the fourth quarter comes, now, okay, now I'll try to shoot those threes when you're exhausted. Now I'll try to play defense on us, tuck wide when you're exhausted. And now the Warriors, because they're used to this pace, now when the game is slowed down, they have an advantage because an angle they can turn up. So I feel like that's the one thing that the Rockets haven't quite figured out is how to keep that conditioning level, um, especially with Mike and Tony's head rotations. This is the, you know, my, my homework assignment to everybody who listens to this. Uh, go out and watch the documentary When We Were Kings, which is about the Ali Foreman fight. And it goes into the, you know, the when they're kind of rope it up, the most famous example of it. And think about these past two series with the Rockets. And you can't tell me. And I think it, uh, someone, I think it was the, you know, Katie's favorite reporter, Ethan Sherwood Strauss, who talked about that this might have been uh, in 2018 a strategy of the Warriors to go at Chris Paul to kind of wear him down because he's, you know, a brittle old man. Um, but I think you go back and you look back at this, that's their strategy. It is the, it's the rope-a-dope. And they, much like Ali, who both, you know, great champions, they executed it perfectly. They did it in last year and they did it this year. I, th- I think the Rock is just weak-minded. I don't. I don't think you had to do a whole lot. Whoa, I, just, I don't know, man. Whoa, wait a minute. All I don't right. know. I don't how, know. How do we get this this far from say something nice about the Rockets? How do we? Get I don't here? know. I told you that the reason we were starting on the high ground is so we could descend lower, and at least there would be a balance. <laughs> There's some. Sorry, wait. All right, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I'm 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 being half half facetious sort of so maybe like a quarter facetious but like i i i think that in the end you can't look at a team that collapses at the end of games this often and, and say there's not i mean it's not just a rope-a-dope strategy it's like they, they really there's something about their what their the guys they have in the court that they cannot get this done and it could just be look it could just be that they're in their heads the warriors are just so far in their heads that they just when they, when they start to get close to the end of games, it's just a here we go again thing, and they're thinking we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose, right. and that happens. I mean, that, I think that's a real thing in sports, and it's one of those you know soft factors that people don't quantify, but it's it's real, and I think that could be going on right now too. That said, I'd in- another thing I'd encourage everyone to do, go look up the stats of the 2012 NBA Finals and look at how James Harden played in that series. Mm. And then. You know, we can think about, okay, maybe this might be a little bit of a, you know, it might not just be that the Warriors are so so in in their heads. Though they are in their heads, let's be real here. That Like, they've got so much real estate in there, they're probably developing it for all the people who live in the Bay Area and can't find good houses. We might as well put the, the, the chase center in their heads, which we should do. <laughs> There is that much space in there. You could build the, you put the Chase Center 2.0 in there. My favorite part of game six was when James Harden missed hella free throws in the first quarter. <laughs> yes, that, you know, that was underrated. That was yeah. very underrated. That's, you know what, actually, when I started thinking about reasons I was confident, that was definitely one of them. I was like, man, y'all blowing free throws in a close game? 
I was like, it's he over. Five free throws, and they lost by five. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. I didn't even thought about that yet. He shot like the f bomb after like the third free throw. He shot like you know I'm not gonna say it obviously, but he said f like super loudly, and the crowd went dead silent. And I'm like, oh no, buddy, no, 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 no. Like, wait, yeah. F word like frauds, like what the Rockets are. And he was finally recognizing that. <laughs> Just yelling yeah, to the sky. Yelling to the heavens. Oh, it's like, I realize we're frauds. <laughs> <laughs> that and the, the other part, I think, early in the first half was, uh, or in the second quarter, when the Warriors went up by eight, I was like, oh, it's over. It's over. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what happens. It doesn't even matter if they hold the eight point lead or they increase it. I was like, the Rockets are just done. Like how again, it's like you're at home. You're at home without Durant. Like, let's put cousins aside. We came into the to the series without cousins. We're without Durant. You're at home and you're down by eight in the second quarter. <laughs> I was like, it's over. In, in in a must win game. And Durant had, like, when the Warriors had been missing their, the best player in the series. Like, right. he had been the best player in this series. And if you don't, like, not to get into all the, like, the heart of a champion, championship mentality stuff, but, like, how do you not, if you are, again, if you're everything that you say you are in these press conferences and when interviewed about it, how do you not smell blood and go in for the kill? Yeah. And they didn't. And they didn't. So get, don't, please, no one should ever talk about James Harden, Chris Paul, and these Rockets teams in the same breath, in the same county zip code. I don't get, you know, there's got to be a restraining order. Don't talk about them with the Warriors again. Hey, Tom, you, you missed one, though. because it, it, They claimed, and if you look at their salary structure, it's actually a big three. It would be Harden, Paul, and Capella. So let's, let's you know. <laughs> You took the money, and it's all good. You're cashing those checks, and I know they're still good, but come on now, come on now. I mean, that, that, that's this is it's so laughable that we that people bought this idea that they were going to beat us. That anyone bought this idea that they were going to beat us this year is insane to me. It's insane. If it, it, I mean, look, we lost the regular season se- series, right? If you were like, you know, that's just another reason. You know, Chris Paul was like, oh. What like I thought Andre Iguodala being out was a problem. All right, bro, but we come to the Western Conference Finals. Andre Iguodala went in on the series. He went he did. in. Oh, you know God. what the thing is? Like I, I think that it takes a lot of heart to keep firing those threes if you're Andre Iguodala because he has not shot threes that well in yeah. forever. I, I think it was the stat was since 2015, right? Was the last time he hit that many threes in a playoff game. And yes. it's, it's like, come on, like they left him wide open, which is what they should have done. I think that's the right strategy. And he didn't. I mean, he just kept shooting them. He missed a bunch in a row. I remember he missed a, two or three in a row, I thought. But he just kept shooting it and it went down. And that's what we need. Like that dude has come up in so many big games doing things that we wouldn't expect from him. And it's, it's just. I mean, when you think about the fact that he's, you know, a guy who was the face of a Philadelphia franchise that you know, gave the 2008 Boston Celtics a run for their money on the route to the championship. I mean, Andre Iguodala is an Olympic gold medalist, a finals MVP. I know he's older and he doesn't try it in the regular season. I get it. But you're, 
you as a defensive coordinator are saying, hey, look, leave the finals MVP and gold medalist wide open. And you're like, okay, like he's not trash. Like he's really good at basketball, but the weakest part of his game is shooting threes unless he's wide open. So like basically the Warriors kind of like lull you into thinking, yeah, yeah, just leave him open, you know, because otherwise like Steph or Clay gets shot, so you can't do that. And Andre Iguodala is like, wow, they think I'm trash. Wow. So you think (laughs) I'm trash. They really think I'm garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Andre. Andre Iguodala is more more accomplished um, than most of the people in the NBA. He's a professional. And he's not stupid. And he knows the way the Rockets shoot three. He's like, wait, you got Gerald Green and... Uh, 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 what was the other dude? They had uh, Iman Shumper shooting threes. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot me a couple threes. I'm gonna shoot me a couple threes. Yeah, that, I, I, I loved it how there were a couple times where when sh- it was Shumper, who I always noticed that they would just they would just leave him open. They'd be like, "Yeah, you 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 go for it. Go ahead and shoot it." And I, it kind of burned them in Game Four, even though they almost won that game. But other than that, again, it was the right strategy. But like, who do you even if you know in terms of not great three-point shooters, who, who do you want out there, Iman Shumpert or Andre Iguodala? I mean, there's just so many angles to this that were so satisfying. We haven't even talked about Jordan Bell coming into the game and just dunking on people. <laughs> like, Wow, I was, I was amazed. I was amazed. I was amazed. Jordan Bell, Jonas Jerebko, and Quinn Cook all got big minutes in that closeout game. In Houston, where your role players typically struggle when you're on the road, and the Warriors still won. But do you know why those role players weren't afraid? It's because they practice every day with Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, DeMarcus Cousins every single day. Are you telling me they're going to be shook because they see uh, Clint Capella and Austin Rivers? Absolutely not. Wait, Clint Capella was out there? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When you got these the, the, these guys are seeing greatness every single day. Like, come on, come on. That's like, real. They're, they're they're not afraid of the moment. I mean, they may not be as skilled as some guys, but it won't be because they're afraid, right? And it's funny. Meanwhile, all those Rockets players sure seemed uh, scared of the moment, and they got to play with Chris Paul and James Harden. So, uh. Where was Kenneth Fareed? Where was Kenneth Fareed? Where was Nene? It was 2013 all over again. He was going to be the different. Oh, wait, no. Oh, like, like, seriously, when you're playing P.J. Tucker, your energy guy, 45 minutes? Maybe you want to spell him a little bit like, dude, on that last possession, P.J. Tucker, exhausted, game on the line, gets the switch on Steph Curry, hunkers down in his stance, puts his arms out. He's like, you know what? I ain't going out like that. And Steph Curry's like, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you're going to do. Go out like that. <laughs> Dude, I feel so bad for the tuck wagon. I was Why like, did I you feel bad? Head. I did not feel bad for any Rockets. I felt bad for Tuck because he's the guy who's like, look, if I don't play defense, we're getting blown out. If I don't play defense, like, we're, we're getting crushed. Right. <laughs> it, it's on me. Yeah. And 
And I'll put a little respect in Eric Gordon's yeah. name. That guy, he, he can, he can. Even though I did think you started to see what happened in terms of when you give him prolonged usage, you start to see diminishing returns uh, on what he can bring. But that, I mean, it's that said. Every time that was the guy. Every time he shot it, was like, oh no. Uh, so like you know, I'll, I'll respect where respect is earned. Eric Gordon, you know, he he's a he's a one of those guys you don't want to see, but. Except for that, and the tuck wagon, you know, they they, they can all go spend their summer at uh, you know at fraud camp or wherever they're going. <laughs> hey, no, no, Tom, Tom, you say that, but if I pulled up the stats and you know and showed you, I would be like, well, clearly Chris Paul and James Harden have superior games to Eric Gordon, but you treat the trash bro, sorry, uh, the Rockets backcourt with such disrespect, and so that that that's where I think the um, the, the nuance of basketball conversation is being lost. On social media, because people would say like, "Oh my goodness!" Like James Harden and Chris Paul were amazing. You look at the stats, and it's like, "Yo, stats aren't the most important thing in the game. It's about what you do to your opponent." The Warriors were not afraid of those two guys, and those two guys are making like a billion dollars each year. There's no way your two best players could inspire such little fear. But when you look at the stats, you go, "Oh, they played a good game," and I don't think social media picks up on that. Blog boys, blog boys, blog boys. <laughs> Wait, uh, that's us. Ah. <laughs> that's your boy, man. That's a whole other conversation. I, I think it also has to be mentioned that Chris Paul started the game just like throwing himself around. Like I, I've yes. never seen him so committed to flopping as a strategy in a game than than he was in first, the first quarter, and the refs didn't call it. You saw on Twitter, you know, not just like uh, us saying, good Lord, Chris Paul is flopping like a seal. You saw like Marcus yeah. Thompson and Tim Calcom, like this, this, if they're calling you out on this, we turn it down just a just little, a little bit. bit. Just a just little, little bit. bit. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nate, is it possible that before the game on the dry erase board, Mike D'Antoni wrote, Chris Paul, I need 35 free throws from you if we're going to win this game. Is that is that possible? I mean, the thing is, though, he wasn't even flopping for free throws. He was <laughs> flopping on the sideline. Dude, I mean, we uh, someone needs to compile a video of his flops in that game. Though, I mean, he has, like, a, a career of, you know, that time he ran into DeMarcus Cousins, the time he ran into someone. I think it was Ginobili. They both fell over. Like, he has some crazy flops in his career. But th- those were just so blatantly ridiculous. That even the refs are just like, what are we, what are we even do with that? There's no call. They just didn't call it. Just <laughs> please stop. And then when he tried the end there, like he to flop, like he was shot because Harden threw the ball away. I mean, it, it's just like after a while, like you have to get tired of throwing yourself around like that. Like you have to have some <laughs> self respect at some point. How can someone enjoy watching that man play basketball? I I, I don't know. I I mean, really like seriously during the off season, we should get a Rockets fan on and actually hear. How you can enjoy watching that team flop around the court like that? Because Chris Paul lied to them. Chris, <laughs> Chris Paul lied. lied. He said, it. "He said, run it back." That's what he said. <laughs> Two healthy hamstrings, and they lied. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> that is too funny. It's too okay, funny. So- I mean, it's just like. Yeah. This is, but this, this is all. All of this is why this win was so satisfying. I mean, to, to end yeah. that particular team 
in that way is not that we weren't expecting to win this series. Can you imagine being Bill Russell watching that game and being like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Go home or win. That's all you can do at home. Your fans, your fans have been rooting for you all year and just brainwashing yourself with this this Kool-Aid. And then they pay their money and you go out there and flop for 40 minutes? Are you kidding me? (laughs) How long would a game between the Rockets and the Bad Boys Pistons take with all of the fouls? It would be like four or five hours, right? Just because (laughs) every, like... Tom, do you know what Rick Mahorn would do to Chris Paul? Oh, 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 God. This is a family show. I don't think we can say it here. Out the game, man. Come on. And I'm not advocating violence by any means. I'm just saying. He's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a nice ridiculous. man. He doesn't believe in violence. So do you do you feel like okay, so when you have a formula like the Rockets have that is better than ninety percent of the league, but it's just not quite there to get over the hump. Do you say, hey guys, we're contractually obligated to run this back because we can't afford to do anything else? Or do you say, you know what? It's time to trade some guys. What do you do? That's a bigger conversation, and again, I think I, I, I'm I'm be, I'm being serious now. Even though we're ridiculing this team, I, I think it would be worth talking to someone knowledgeable about the Rockets because I can't even take them seriously right now. But like, wow. I, I, it would be interesting to talk to a Rockets fan about what what they think they should do because I, I agree with you. I think you could run it back, and you're just going to keep falling short. Uh, please run it back. Please. please run it back. I mean, it'll be it'll be in the first round. It's the eight seed next time, but whatever but i think like at some point you're gonna these guys are just getting older harden is harden is still you know an elite player clearly all all jokes aside he's clearly elite but clint capella's performance this series for that contract and chris paul just generally aging and dealing with the injury issues i mean you you got to think about what you're going to do next i don't who's going to take those contracts off your hands and eventually Gordon and Tucker, their contracts are going to come up. Yep. And Gordon, I don't know how, but he's, you know, again, diminishing returns. And the Tuck, he's, I think, older than a lot of people. He's about, I think, the same age as LaMarcus Aldridge. And for a guy who plays that physically, he'll that that'll catch up to you uh, quickly. So you'll, and, you know, are you going to give those guys big contracts when there's that real possibility of sort of extreme depreciation? That, that's kind of what got you into this yeah. mess. That's true. I do wonder if the Warriors have broken them forever now. I do wonder that. Um, this was a pretty tough loss to swallow. And considering the fact that the Warriors like will be in a new building next year and will really, really, really want to get a four peat. Like if they if they are able to win this year, you know, knock on wood, um, then that means that they open a new building with a chance for a four peat, which Michael didn't do, Kobe didn't do, Shaq didn't do. Um, and that would put them into such a rarefied air. Um, I wonder if any team currently constituted in the West is actually thinking, yeah, next year's our year. I wonder that because it's, it's clearly not the Rockets, and we've, we've been told for so long it's the Rockets, the next team up, and it's, it's not true. So then I'm wondering who could be next? I think this is a question that uh, cannot be answered until after July 1st, because just what's going to happen this summer is going to, it's, 
you know. So you're saying nobody. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. The defense rests. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's. I feel like we've beat this rocket towards dead. Unless you guys have other slant. We didn't really get into Clean Capella, but whatever. Are you guys off the Kyrie Irving bandwagon? Oof. Next time on Dr. Tom and Cold That's a long conversation, man. Okay, I was looking for a yes or no, but I, I can see why. I, I, I think this is the stand. This is the standard answer I always give about Kyrie. That shot he hit over Steph in Game Seven will forever have will forever earn my respect. So there, there's yeah, nothing he right. can really do for me to, in my mind, for him to to drop status that much because I'll always be able to say, well, he did hit that shot. And I know that's kind of like a rings argument a little bit, and it's it's very simplistic. And someone is out there like printing out reams of stats for me. But well, I, I Kyle just... Lowry, buh, 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 buh. <laughs> Wow. Wait, so I shouldn't be uh, – I, I should mention Brady Klopfer's name when I'm talking about him, so. <laughs> BK. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's t- tough times if you uh, – I because I do, I do like Kyrie's play quite a bit, and but these are – you know, maybe I'm not getting off the bandwagon, but I'm, like, getting close – to the to the doors, like I'm getting close to ringing the bell to be like, all right, let's stop here. Do you guys have anything else that you want to leave for our listeners as far as um, encouragement or exhortation? Never again doubt the Warriors. I, I don't want I don't want to read any more comments at GSOM in February about how we're not geared up for the playoffs. I I, I just don't want to like I cannot take that seriously any longer. And it's like, how much evidence do people need? about this team to figure out that they know what they're doing. Number one, they've done it enough times to know, and they're good enough. It's not about flipping a switch. They're they're They have to conserve themselves in February so they can give that performance in May. Like it's, it's yeah. just logic. And I don't, I don't know why that escapes people. And it's really frustrating. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just frustrating talking to Warriors fans in February. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> have faith in have this faith. team. And don't respect the Rockets because they don't deserve it. <laughs> Have faith in this team and don't respect the Rockets. All right, those are all words that we can lean on uh, going into the next round. Uh, so we will see you uh, for game one, um, whether it's Portland or Denver. And, um, yeah, stay, uh, as JJ would say, Joe Ray, uh, stay golden, everybody. And uh, we will catch you the next time. Take care. <laughs>